0: Welcome to the Fargo podcast, the officially unofficial podcast for Fargo on FX Hulu. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And today we're talking season five, episode three, the paradox of intermediate transactions. The paradox of middlemen. Oh, yeah. Love those middlemen. Just stick their stick their feet in there, get them all dirty with your money. Then a little bit less comes out the other side. Uh,
1: Aaron, what'd you think of this episode? It's interesting because uh, Bald Move fan Haley Jade wrote in to Fargo at Bald Move and said, Aaron, when I saw 500 years later on the screenplay or on the screen today as I was watching episode three, I audibly said, audibly said son of a bitch, and gasped. i could hardly believe my eyes. I thought of you and your disbelief at the NATO. I also have a hard time with implied supernatural events of the show. Can't wait to hear about what you and Jim thought of it. Haley, when I saw 500 years earlier on my screen i screamed and gasped and broke out in sweats and flatulence and vomiting and uh i rent my garments i i know i said on the the preview that i was ready i had my guard up i was ready for fish fishnadoes i was ready for sure. raining blood i was ready for a ufo invasion you know damn me i was not ready for 500 i, I wasn't ready for how old Oule munch turns out to be but Ooh, I munch. and then then I talked to Jim and I'm like, have you seen Fargo yet? He's like, I'm I'm watching it tonight. And I'm like, OK, I'm interested in what you're saying. He texted me like later that night and says, oh, no, <laughs> I just watched. Fargo. And I'm oh, like, no. <laughs> I'm like, oh, shit. It's like so we both have our first watch. We had our second watch. And uh-huh. I'm like, I'm going to have to really dig in to see what the hell is going on here, because this the show might lose me if I don't. And I did. And I gotta say, I think I see where Holly is going, and how all these things are going to fit in. Is this my favorite thing to mix in? To fire? N- n- no. Uh, and and also, I'm a little, I'm a little butt hurt. I was promised a fun, comedic, satirical romp, mm-hmm. and 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 there's there's not a lot of fun to be had in these episodes. Um, but but. I think the degree of difficulty of what he's pulling off and it's increasingly like this in every Fargo, like he is like, you have to fucking do homework and I'm, I don't know how to feel about that, but I, I don't think this, like, you know, this isn't like, well, you know, like with the, the UFO on Fargo season two, we're just kind of like, you know, lost me. Um, I'm still engaged. I'm still excited to see because I, I believe in the core material. I believe in what Holly's trying to go get out here. But like, whoo, it's. I had to break a sweat. What about you?
0: Yeah, uh, you know, you described my initial reaction to it. Oh no. Um, I've since seen it again. I've since done a lot of reading about what Holly's going for, interviews and the like. Um, looked at some reactions that other people had, and saw maybe some additional information um, did my homework, as you said, I I'm still not sold on it. I think thematically, yes, I understand where he's going. Uh, I I just don't know if it's to my taste and, and that's, yeah. that's fine. Like I, man, I was, I was really gearing up for, I, I was both, you know, uh, looking forward to and dreading a season that was just the big Lebowski and Fargo, right? Like, and and home alone. Because it'd be a hell of a lot of fun, mm-hmm. but it would also be really hard to talk about on a podcast other than mm-hmm. wasn't a funny win, right? True. There's a lot more to talk about here on this podcast than I expected at the beginning of the season, but I'm also not super interested in it. I don't think... I I, I don't know. I mean, the, the ideas that he's going for here are a little bit preaching to the choir when it comes to me. I'm like, yes, I, I understand mm-hmm. everything you're saying. It all makes sense do I want to watch a show that's a thinly veiled metaphor about all that stuff? Maybe, maybe if I'm in the right mood, maybe not right now. I don't know. Um, the homework you're, you're being asked to do here though, is a little puzzling because it's like, it, it's like you're given, you know, your teacher tells you, Hey, you're getting a test on Friday. You better study up, but they don't tell you what to study. Mm. Cause I don't think there's any way Unless you are just somehow randomly familiar with the concept of a sin eater to be able to pick out what Holly's doing here. I, I don't I don't know what I would go search for. Like, do I search fifteen twenty two whales like to find out information about what's going on in this scenario? Yeah. I, I'm not familiar enough, and I think in general, they don't give you enough to go on to be able to say this is what's happening because it's such an arcane tradition. It's not mm-hmm. It's not something that anybody's familiar
1: with nowadays. It, this isn't like even a widespread Christian practice. That no, was prac- it's not in yeah, it, it, the Bible. Yeah, it's have read the damn thing. <laughs> a very regional confined to this particular time period and this particular region for a couple of hundred years. They they did this thing. And um, so the homework you got to do is you got to
0: go out and read interviews with Holly to understand what he's even getting at here. So then you can go read about the actual event.
1: But I, I would also, uh, so like I, I'm, hmm, you know, I've said on many podcasts that I'm not super thrilled with the recent trend where you have these highfalutin puzzle shows, and then every Monday or whenever, every day, every day after the, uh, the embargo breaks. You've got like a litany of interviews with the creator where they're explaining the things behind the scenes. And like Noah Hawley is getting to be as chatty as fucking who's that guy that does American horror story. um, Shit. Oh, Brian Murphy. Yes. Ryan Murphy, where it's like, because like I, I think you're intended to like just watch as like well that was weird I can't like m- wait for the explanation but like the hell of these podcasts is like you can't you like everyone everyone course, wants yeah. you to, to 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 drill into all those details so you have to do the homework even though I'm sure I'm sure the show like if they don't if they don't ever mention sin eaters or explain the concept then how could I possibly say that this show is a success you know but like we're the third episode out of ten there's mm-hmm. a lot left of the story so. The, the, the big shock is that usually Fargo brings these moments towards the climax. You know, this is something that like, you know, the supernatural yeah. hinges on some key thing towards the end. And you, by by the time you get there, all of the cards are on the table. All the crazy red lines have been made on the corkboard. And you're kind of sort of knowing what you're in for. And I feel like this is kind of front loading that supernatural. And, you know, it, it's fine and and that's like it's it's hard to say it's a it's a problem with the show when the show is only not even a fourth over it's a problem with podcasting about the show um well
0: it's a problem with with the alignment of my taste with what the show is doing too because this is the most supernaturally overt thing that they've done in this show possibly the exception of maybe like some mary elizabeth winstead well we're i
1: think I don't know that we're supposed to understand that the guy in the fifteen hundreds is literally the same guy as what we're seeing in modern day. There's still and I Okay, but well, when I go read that.
0: it, when I go yeah. read what Holly's saying, he hundred percent is saying this is Old Munch. This is him.
1: If that turns out to be well, like I said, I, I don't I don't know. I'm I'm trying. I um I'm trying to let the show cast its spell on me. Um, sure, sure. And I also know that Holly is under no obligation to tell any particular interviewer the truth mid-season, And probably because mm-hmm. like, there's a couple things I read that I thought were astounding. And like, oh, a guy improvised a line and let it in, even though it definitely gives the viewer the wrong. Appra- and, and this is, a, yeah, yeah. I think, deliberately confusing episode in terms of where people are. Whose house is they are in? Mm. What are the fundamental relationships in terms of fathers and mothers? And that's fine. It's okay. It's it could be fun, but it it's just yeah. And this is a very the other thing I want to I want to flop on the table is um something I've criticized Holly's shows in the past Or their pacing. I find it's this was like the runtime in this episode with a two minute two and a half minute previously on and a three minute credit sequence was 42 minutes. Yeah. That's like 37 minutes of content. I'm wondering why is is the Home Alone battle that we're getting set up for next, is it literally going to be an entire episode? Because oh, if it resolves oh in God, like 10 or 15 be. minutes, my question is, why the hell wasn't it in this episode?
0: Yeah, I was really gearing up toward the end of this episode. I'm like, okay, he's walking down the street. He's... Uh, about to head to Dot's house. He's he's going to be there at the same time that Joe Keery's group is there. The Gators group is there. It's going to be an all-out war uh, at the Lion House, and then it doesn't happen. And then we're yeah. teased with it, and I and and it's subverted too. It's it's a weird yeah. I think the end is a mess, and I don't know if it's intentionally a mess. If they if they're trying to do too many things because they've also got. Very modern music well, not very modern music playing. Uh they've they've got the prodigy playing and, and look, I like the prodigy. Uh but when you juxtapose it with some Gregorian chanting shit, I don't I don't know what to think. It starts to clash tonally. And I I know Holly likes to clash tonally. Um oh. that's the thing he does. But it it all added up with the with the montages they were doing, the people in places that they can't be at in the same at the same time uh unless they're 500 year old supernatural sin eaters maybe uh it all felt a bit like huh and i wasn't expecting a huh at the end of this episode i was expecting a hell yeah home alone yeah Yeah, and i it was disappointing i I don't know that it's bad i wouldn't call it that but
1: yeah it, it didn't really align with where my head was at going into the end of this episode and sometimes I wish that we could have a supernatural-free Fargo season. Like mm-hmm. I don't understand why we have to. Like that's such a small part of the Coen Brothers, and it's nowhere on Fargo or The Big Lebowski or Home Alone, right? No, it's, it's, but it's like it's on like on that's that's that is a flavor that they cook with on like three of their films. But like Holly uh-huh. has to, it's like getting the jar of gar, minced garlic out. He's got to put a tablespoon of that in every fucking pot of chili he cooks, and. Uh, I, I'm not sure if I'm a fan of garlic, much less jarlic, and he's 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 always putting it in there. So I, you know, and and we've this is stuff. If you've listened to our podcast from the get go, you know that like tonal shifts and some of the supernatural stuff are some of our show our, our bugaboos, and most of the time we were able to look past it. And maybe this will be the case too. It's just it's uh, they're they're leading with the garlic out front. <laughs> Sure, It's a garlic heavy episode. Uh, yeah, like the 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 meals on its way to my table. I can smell it coming. You know, I'm not not even fi- got get tucking into it quite yet, and it's just, just hitting me, overpowering.
0: Yeah, and it's not all bad, right? I think the themes that he's going for here, he's he's doing that part fairly
1: well, if not, like I said, preaching to the choir a bit. But oh, and it's a like, can, not we, everyone's we, part can, of the choir. Speaking of pacing of the podcast, we've talked all around this, but let's like let's let's start this. It's like. I think all of this is supposed to be seen through an economic lens. Like mm-hmm. The paradox of the intermediate transactions is all about, you know, the fact that you need middlemen to develop and open products. Unless you are going to develop, research, manufacture, ship, stock stores across the globe, have your own fleet of planes and trucks and and, and trains for logistics, you're going to need middlemen to get your products in front of customers and have them buy them on a market. The paradox is those useful people, the every one that, uh, that it, it, it's inefficient. Like the most efficient mm-hmm. thing for you to do as a customer is to drive to the factory and buy that shit at the factory. Yeah. But that's not convenient, so you need middlemen. But every middleman between the factory and you increases the price, increases the complexity. So it's like the parent. There's the parent. It doesn't to, add any value, right? It doesn't add value. Well, it does because it allows but not to the you fact, as a customer. That not, but not to you as a customer. So there's the economic message, and then you've got also the idea of the sin eater, um, which is this you know medieval kind of very uniquely British Isle uh, sex, uh, part of Christianity where when a person of means would die. They would place a cake on their chest and a mug of beer beside them and a poor person usually would and it's usually a like a dedicated you just have like this poor indigent person that lived in the village and that was your sin eater and they would be paid to come and eat this bread and drink this beer and metaphorically and I probably in the minds of people watching it literally Mm. take this dead person's sins and the damnation and punishment that they deserve in the afterlife upon themselves. And if you do that over your lifetime, a couple hundred times, I think I think, because this came up in one of the Master and Commander books, is I think the scam is that when the Sin Eater dies, you get another Sin Eater to eat his sins, and you keep the sin interest compounding, and presumably the Lord and the Devil are both shaking their hands and stomping their hoofs and saying, oh, you people, you're, you're, you're screwing us over here. Um, Now you're like what the fuck does that have to do with the season of Fargo Recall that Ms. Lyon Hmm. Is the largest Most successful debt collector in the United States Yeah And she's a very wealthy person She's talking about how they're keeping the riffraff Out the rabble from You know munch is That rabble And we see how people were preyed upon in antiquity and how they're being. So so like I that those themes are pretty delicious. Like when I just hear like if Noah Hall was pitching me that I'd probably curl up in his lap and start purring and, you know, like complete. But like seeing it in practice is it's a lot. It's a lot to make this particular point. (laughs) And then he's Uh also taken on you know, the, the ungovernable kind of MAGA element and he's taken oh, on yeah. like battle. The sec- it's like, there are so many things that he's, he's wrapping into this and, and the idea of morality and law and yeah, he's been a lot more successful than he's not. Um, and I've liked a lot mm-hmm. of his stuff, um, but, but it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a tall, it, it's a tall order that he's, he's, he's ordered up himself
0: and there are many ways to tell the story of uh the the debt trap right or or the economics of uh the rich versus the poor there there are many yeah. ways to tell that you don't need to go to a 500-year-old man who literally eats the sins of the rich you could tell that by showing a modern day person being very poor doing demeaning jobs for rich people you know you could you could go more into the cops as a firewall for the rich uh literal literally show us that stuff um you don't need to go supernatural here so so that definitely threw me but yeah i I totally understand what he's doing with the rich versus the poor the debt uh collection stuff all that stuff makes sense and it does fit together nicely it's just like i said to my taste i would have preferred a different method of, of getting those things and that's just the case board. like
1: yeah you, you can you can make food without garlic um i'm mm-hmm. I, I, i'm gonna let i'm gonna let holly cook and see 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 what happens we'll see yeah
0: uh well let's get into the recap and we talk more about this you're listening to fargo with bald move we'll be right back Welcome back to Fargo on Bald Move. Start off with Roy driving out to a filling station where he meets with Gator, who shows him what Ol' Munch did to his partner. Roy says they need to find out who Ol' Munch is first, then they'll smoke him out, and they get on with the cover-up of this. Apparently they've got the corner in their pocket. He can just say, Oh yeah, this stabbing in the neck, that was natural causes? Accidental, he fell on
1: his knife. I don't know. Well, they are that's the thing, they are the local law enforcement. If they say that this was like ah, uh, he got a little drunk and ran off the road, and well,
0: you got to have the coroner, it.
1: right. The corner is the final word on cause of death stuff. So, oh, yeah, I guess that's yeah, I, I they do. I they specifically like, say, uh, have wait, what's whoa. his name rolled up as a does the oh, they okay. I was gonna say, does the coroner yeah. actually have to like weigh in on every freaking death? I assume so.
0: At least the ones with puncture wounds yeah, in their neck. I, I, I... I guess. Yeah, maybe you're right. <laughs> there's, um, there's usually a cause of death, right? Maybe that's only yeah. in police cases. I don't know. I haven't. I haven't been around death enough. I hadn't. Haven't eaten enough sins to really know.
1: I just know like my my mother died last year, and uh, she died in her home of uh, of old age, and uh, you know the the first responder showed up and like carted away and. I don't think the coroner ever showed up or did it, you know, did an autopsy or nothing. It's kind of like, oh, yeah, she's mm-hmm. so it's like it's probably but that's a cause different of death on than, the death
0: certificate, though, right?
1: <sighs> yeah, I, I don't know. I didn't ever I, I actually, you know, that's what I'm saying. I didn't I didn't actually none of this actually occurred when I, this happened to me personally. But I, I guess my point huh. is like, regardless, this isn't a 75 year old woman this is a what young 20s 30s strapping detective, or you know sheriff's deputy and uh, he's dying in a vehicular accident is what the cops are going to say So, and, and as you mm-hmm. said there's dialogue saying that they need to get this guy on board with it so yeah um, this county seems rotten though this county seems rotten <laughs> and infested with uh-huh. militiamen I would I would believe that uh, they have the corner in their pocket as a little bit of humor
0: in this scene uh, we're Don Draper here Roy mm-hmm. is, is talking about Old Munch. He says, is that really his name, Old Munch? And Gator's like, well, he pronounces it Oola. <laughs> Oola Munch. It's apparently, I don't, I don't know, p- is the way you pronounce this if you're from where he's from.
1: Yeah, and apparently it's it's closer to Oli. This is kind of like Gator Americanizing it. You know? I figured. Yeah. I'm gonna call him Ula, though, because I think it's funny. Oula. Yeah, I've got and I've I've got some more details that we'll get later when when uh, the munch gets munchier later in the episode to talk about his name. Um, I thought it you know, the reinforces debt you know uh theme they have 16 tons mm-hmm. which i've been waiting for that needle drop on this season of for all mankind and yeah. it shows up in fargo wild and it won't it, it won't won't surprise me at all if it does show up in for all mankind because oh yeah they're they're both kind of dealing with similar things this season just one in is space it a
0: coincidence with... that a lot of our media right now is dealing with uh, class divides i think that's a coincidence
1: no no <laughs> No, 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 no. They're, that's the thing. It's like uh, the media. There's, there's a, there's a reason the '80s were and the '70s and '80s were fixated in hyper-violent crime, cop shows, you know, Dirty Harry and all that kind of stuff. Is, is yeah. There's, there's a societal trends kind of drive a lot of what Hollywood's uh, doing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: All right, Roy drives back to his house where he finds
0: i think his father-in-law i I think this woman is his wife and she calls him daddy but that might not mean anything coming from her i don't know
1: roy dad yeah no Uh this was extremely confusing but you're supposed to understand that he this odin guy is his wife's father okay and that that was my father in law Mm -hmm. so there is um but but the, the the relationship goes deeper than that. They're in cahoots doing some uh, kind of insurrection type stuff.
0: Yeah, he he's asking for another delivery of weapons, and Roy's saying, okay, I'm working on it, but we have to be careful about it because I got the FBI
1: on my ass, things like that. Yeah, um, he's wanting to refresh that tree of liberty with the blood of uh, perceived tyrants. <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, he's got to do that from Start time to time.
0: Mm-hmm. Name check
1: 1776, uh-huh, yep. Check that one off. Uh, There's also this ridiculous alpha male bullshit where it's like, you know, all these goons that like get, you know, starts to say they start every day getting into a tub full of ice because they don't want to be soft. They don't want. Yeah. They're mountain lions. Uh I think it's funny because like I don't think it's it's super easy for humans to be hard. Like the trick of them is to get them to be kind of soft and relax and cooperate. Like they'll turn into violent monkeys in a fucking heartbeat. Like. (laughs) Yeah. You know, like that was pretty much the theme of the 20th centuries. Like everybody be like, you know, those Americans are fucking fat and lazy. They're not up for war. And then, you know, no, we're super up for war. Uh, it, it the, Well, I do yeah.
0: wonder what they're saying with Gator in that regard, because Gator seems to be not built for this sort of thing. He has to psych <laughs> no. himself up in, to it every morning uh, with his various posters and music and yeah, uh, pep
1: talks. So I, I mean, I, I, he, I think all these guys seem like a
0: chip off the old block at all. So
1: I think all these guys are fraudulent to a certain degree because or 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 traumatized because like people that like like genuine strength does not require this much chest beating, you mm-hmm. know, like you can you can afford to be gentle and magnanimous when you have genuine when you're from a position of strength, you know, hmm. It's uh, when you feel like you're outmatched. Like you know, if you're if you're trying to get a gerbil into a cage, you could be gentle with that gerbil, right? If you're trying to get like a fucking timber wolf into a cage, you're probably you're in the fight of your life. Like you're 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 gonna be like trying to stomp that wolf out. You know, you can't be gentle. That can't be done gently. Um, And uh, so so, yeah, these guys are as powerful and as strong as they 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 imagine themselves. They wouldn't have to be carrying themselves like this, but. Yeah, that's that's one thing I wonder if Holly's going to go for. Um, It seems like it's going to
0: be too little too late if he tries to do it. But there's always the idea of, like I said, preaching to the choir with these Mm -hmm. sorts of messages. And the people who aren't in the choir don't want to fucking hear it. And and it just immediately turns them off. uh, Like me with the supernatural in Fargo. Um, Mm -hmm. Is he trying to get to a place where eventually he's going to say hey, all these people who, you know, want to start a revolution and uh, act super masculine and have their own ideas of morality and stuff, those people are in the same boat as the people that they look down on. Is he trying to get to that message? Because, like, that's actually the case, right? These people are not living high on the hog. I mean, maybe Roy here, maybe this one guy. Yeah. But I doubt the compound... Yeah. That uh, Odin here is keeping is immaculately decorated, uh, with immaculately festooned with priceless artifacts, and he's just rolling in dough. I it's no those it,
1: dudes are out there cold and hungry deliberately. Exactly.
0: Yeah, but but by the time if if Holly does try and go that direction with this, he's already turned the people off who would want to hear that message, right?
1: Who would yeah? Who would appreciate? Oh, actually, yeah, we are all kind of in a boat well together. and i already see some of this because like it's fargo gets a surprising amount of conservative people watching it and you can kind of see you know like last year's last season's really turned you know the the race relation stuff turned a lot of them off and i already saw like a couple angry people being like this is dumb it's just talking down to rural folk and i'm like exactly not all but not all rural. That, that's like so stupid like not all rural folk are like this oh
0: of course you yeah. know
1: like i'm rural folk not mm-hmm. not anymore, but like the first thirty years of my life, for sure. I'll I'll put my fucking hometown size up against everybody on listeners' podcast I'm probably gonna beat ninety nine percent of you. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just it's like that's the fallacy. It's like not everybody out here fucking is is like this. But
0: yeah, but but if you're painting with a broad brush like this, you're gonna yeah you can like color outside. Yeah, it, well, you can you can make people feel like they like like you think they're like that. Right. Yeah. And then they'll be offended by the way you're talking. Maybe not about them, but about people who are in their same area or in their same place in life or whatever. And Mm -hmm. suddenly you turn off a bunch of people who might be amenable to the message if you were just a little bit more subtle with it. And that's that's what I worry about. It's really heavy handed. At the beginning well, and, you
1: know, the other utility of preaching to the choir is if you get the choir kind of nodding her head and swaying to the music and singing along and then you hit them with something, that's an uncomfortable truth to them. Totally. Because there's plenty of things you could do with, like, a highly educated liberal audience that would make them feel uncomfortable about their place in life. Uh-huh. For sure. Yeah. Um, but 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 we'll see because you also got to sell you also got to sell advertising on your show and you got to get renewed. So if you piss everybody off then then what do you got? So Yeah, well you got you got to be I nodding know.
0: along first and I don't know that anybody who is is going to be surprised by the messages later is nodding along at this point.
1: Well, I will say that the other thing is like ev- the the people who are still, you know, like Fargo's 5 seasons in, you kind of like know what you're going to you're you're getting into and like it seems like the vast majority of the Fargo fans Mm-hmm. You know, see, as far as I can tell, as far as um, the critics that are covering it, um, the people on the, you know, Farget V subreddit, uh, they're loving mm-hmm. this season. Absolutely. They are fucking like the weirder it gets, the more they anticipate the, the inevitable payoff. Um, mm-hmm. So good for you, yeah, I'm happy like, yeah, like five seasons people. in make make the show you're making and 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 stick with the fan base you got. It's just Oof.
0: Yeah, especially when this is a show that doesn't ever need to come back, right? It's not like, yeah. well, if we turn people off this season, they're not coming back for next season. I don't know that Holly cares
1: about that necessarily. Right. Yeah. Yeah, because like everything's standalone. And even if you uh-huh. really, because I don't think he's ever had a, a failure of a season. Um, no. But, you know, even if he does, like, you know, you go you go away for three, four years, you come back, and you're like, oh, Fargo, you know, because it's yeah. like it's, you don't have the same characters, you don't got even the same location sometimes. It's so it's he definitely has a license to take more risk than I think most showrunners do. Mm-hmm. And, and good on him and for doing it. And sometimes I'll
0: love it and sometimes I won't. You know, Correct. I've, I've
1: really been loving it up
0: until now and not so sure about this one, but we'll see. Uh later that night, uh Roy's wife tries to initiate sex, but he's not in the mood and he's thinking about finding dot and he kinda is looking at the ceiling here. And then he kind of sees her, maybe literally sees her through her front window, and she sees him. This is another semi-supernatural. This is like the semi-supernatural stuff that I'm cool with, where it's like, ah, maybe he's literally seeing her, but maybe he's just picturing what she must be doing right now on Halloween night or uh, Halloween Eve.
1: I, it's it's her noticing him noticing her that makes mm-hmm. me feel like it's a legit supernatural connection. Yeah, staring right into his eyes, right into the camera, and this remind me a lot of the Kingpin's meditation tactic and Dare you know the Daredevil series on on Netflix where he would <gasps> stare at that <sighs> piece of uh, broken plaster that is you know uh-huh. reminded him of his abusive father and he just kind of like zone out and there's just there I, I talked about how it's hard to lampoon. You know things in society that are very real and dangerous and you know and pull that off you know like how do you how do you parody hitler in like 1939 Mm -hmm. or whatever successfully um i they're they're trying to hear with roy like roy's down bad sexually like or i don't know living his life the that fucking light up fetish box the fact that it lights up the fact that it yeah it's got it's like <laughs> that's, you, that, that's the part of on the cake i swear to god that's part of the kink when he was in his workshop building that and wiring it up rock hard he was rock hard <laughs> twist, <laughs> twisting those horseshoe nipples when that thing first hissed open and the lights came on he probably uh-huh. came yeah no it's it's like it's oh god he's swimming in it
0: <laughs> but this relationship man he swats her away like a pesky mosquito it's like
1: no, she's literally oh, catering to all of his needs, yeah. and he is rebuffing her for the one that got away. And I, you know, it's it's you could say there's a lot of complicity in this relationship, but like you know, when he she tries so hard to reach him, and he just br- literally brushes her off, gives her a cold shoulder. Sad. Uh,
0: question for you: How old do you think his daughters are? because there's a question of timing around <sighs> they, they the, the looked scotty, somewhere but...
1: they're young enough that they can still share a tub together so i'm saying like seven to ten well that's that's why it's problematic right because the question of scotty comes up uh
0: if dot left to nadine maybe uh mm. left like eight was it eight nine years ago it's when she left then are these her children I, i i'm trying to look at this relationship he's got with this new woman who i think is his wife yeah i don't i didn't actually take a look for a ring or anything but i think this is his wife is she the mother of those children or is dot um and 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 just like how that's tied into his masculinity like did he well, take a wife immediately after dot left him because to not do so would not be masculine in his eyes?
1: um I think that's what they're saying, yeah, from the ages of the children and and it would also make sense the second they got married like nine months later they that unless there's a fertility problem, there'd be kids um or or potentially you know he had these kids with dot and he
0: needed someone to take care of them, so he went and got himself a wife, right? I could well, also see
1: that being the case. Yeah, I wonder if that because they look young. So the the one thing is, I'll say they look younger than Scotty. Yes, they do. So my you know, like my head is Scotty is the illegitimate daughter of Roy. Is it is there anything interesting there in the fact that Roy's got all daughters from the <laughs> if we go with the dot huh. thing, except for Gator? You think like this ultra you think masculine that guy. Him? right it's got and, especially and since gator is kind of a disappointment oh yeah oh yeah how am i going to teach you to be a winner if you keep losing <laughs> well in the way that like gator wasn't upset like you know like like it, it bothered roy as a man that gator was kind of like taking this l and then yep. when gator saw that roy was disappointed he does a giant performative outrage mm-hmm. and then he's like are you done let's it's yeah like how how can roy not be disappointed in gator
0: it's all performative. I mean, you look at the pep
1: talk he gives himself earlier uh, or yeah. later in the episode, right? It's but then if you go back to Roy's dad, I bet Roy's dad is disappointed in him. Sure. I bet Roy's dad's dad is disappointed in him. I I, I bet whatever the hell is going on in the Tillmans has gone back a couple generations. But I, it's just interesting <laughs> yeah. that he's got you know the way he was like looking at his girls too. It's like. You know just kind of like checked out vacant expression of course this might be the mm-hmm. whole nadine thing but uh
0: yeah he's thinking about that yeah um so like i said dot kind of notices this uh and we go over to her perspective where we see we see more jack skellington imagery later we're gonna see a bunch of nightmare before christmas masks that Gators crew is wearing. There's going to be a very Halloweeny sort of homage where old munch is walking down the middle of the street as the kids are out trick or treating. Sure, doing a lot of Halloween, a lot of Halloween stuff. Um, there, I think there's a Michael Myers poster up on Gators wall. I couldn't really tell.
1: Uh, Didn't we read that this show got pushed back two months? Like, like because I this feels like it was intended mm-hmm. for the the yeah. Halloween season. I agree. It would have felt a lot more uh, well-timed. But it's nice that they did The Nightmare Before Christmas because that's a movie that easily straddles Uh both. And maybe that's what Holly's saying, is I'm trying to do something that is perfect fit for that in-between season. Yeah, maybe. That's going to stretch past Christmas and into the New Year. (laughs) So, Yeah. We'll see. Uh, Yeah, but we get Dot's perspective
0: here. Um, She gets some kind of feeling that she's being watched and then in the middle of the night she goes out and changes the street signs in her neighborhood <laughs> which I love I love this I I wonder if people would even notice because I don't know about you but I never look at the street signs in my neighborhood never and if they no. changed every day from here until Christmas I would not notice
1: yeah and and if I was a hitman with dots address following google maps I would not I would not notice the signs matching I would just go right there and I might roll up to the wrong house and shoot the wrong family but (laughs) Uh it won't be because I'm like what the hell but it's it's yeah and I I like how they played that where it's like it's not a successful defense but it does Hmm. two things it slows Gator down well, Gator's an idiot, right? So, yeah. It's also he's an idiot, and it also causes him to drive like he's a tourist, so that mm-hmm. it's noticeable when he drives past and has to bat like it, in he's, this. He's made jet black van. Yeah, 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 yeah. He gets made, and I think it's probably because of the sign work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll have to wait and
0: see how that all plays out. But uh, yeah, I I really love that. I just I just imagine someone finding her in the middle of this. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> mm-hmm where, where is she taking all these signs because she swaps them out but she's got to get rid of the evidence so
1: does she just she do have he, a pile of these in her basement no she's just moving them around it's not like she's taking i, th- I think you're supposed to understand that she's putting oh, the signs up yeah, on different yeah, streets yeah. and just kind of swap or ruining them
0: okay that makes sense yeah
1: but still that's a big noisy operation you're doing uh-huh. in the middle of the night in a small neighborhood
0: yeah and they hit
1: the ground and clang
0: clang yeah uh, all right. Dot tells Wayne that the Halloween costumes for this year have changed. He's going to be a zombie and she and Scotty will be zombie
1: hunters. Um, and she's making a
0: shopping list here.
1: Yeah, thematically, this fits really nice. This all this, you know, there's been a mention of zombies in every episode. You know, the one teacher came at her like a like a zombie. Um, They, you know, what's up with the zombie bat? Uh, mm-hmm. now the dad's a zombie and it, it's you know roy's gonna later say that uh, dot is returned from the dead so they're doing this kind of resurrection theme and you got you know going going back to Ulay, munch mm-hmm. uh old munch there it's 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 pretty like i said thematically it's it's pretty tight work and i also got a crack out of her her list, her shopping list yeah, because yeah. she's got like pistol shells and then mac and cheese shells and they're just kind of all like you can just kind of think of her like going in and out of tactical mode and mom mode. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. We're almost out of cereal. but real, I, I need some more nine millimeter. Real glimpse into her brain,
0: which I liked. Uh and I feel her on one of those, man. She's got on this list, yeah, the the shotgun shells, the mac and cheese shells, and then right after mac and cheese is lactate.
1: I'm like, yeah. Mm. Yeah, no, I feel ya. <laughs> <that. laughs> she might be have pro- have trouble processing those che- that cheese. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm, All right, let's go to Bismarck, North Dakota. This is where things get crazy in the episode. An old woman takes her groceries home, falls asleep in front of the TV, and then awakens to hear commotion upstairs. She goes up to investigate and finds old Munch, who says, I live here now. Then we flash back to Wales... In nineteen or in fifteen twenty two, uh a man who I think is supposed to be old munch trades his soul for a couple of coins. And then we go back to present day where old and Munch eats
1: And a hot uh, meal. Fair. 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 Let's not <laughs> yeah. let's not
0: sell let's not sell the economics here short. Yeah, a piece of bread, uh maybe a, a bit of stew. I don't know what he's eating there. I thought it was like uh I almost thought it was entrails or something for a moment. I was like, Oh, is he eating a part of this person? That's fucked up. Yeah um anyway we go back to present day where old munch repeats i live here now and the old lady goes back to drinking and watching tv
1: old munch so the first thing is bismarck north dakota is just about an hour away from the middle of stark county so like old munch seems like he's setting up camp outside the tillman compound yeah um so i thought That this is an estranged mother and Munch is coming back, and she hasn't seen him for years, and he's like he's back. You know, he's using her house as a base operations. Mm -hmm. But apparently, what you're supposed to understand, and I and I thought that entirely because he calls her mama later, but and then their relationship when he's like I'm going out, mom, like it's very feels very like that. But apparently, according to an interview with Holly, I'm mistaken. That yep. you're supposed to understand that Munch just walked into some random person's house that he liked the energy and he thought that someone, this would be a place of refuge that he would be cared for. And, and a kindred starved for that. spirit. And a, a, like a, like a, yeah, some kind of kindred spirit. And he's just like through sheer force of will imposing this on her. And apparently this line, I'm going out
0: now, Mama, was improvised by him.
1: Why, if you—that's the thing I don't get about Holly. Like, why would you let someone improvise something that goes against the story that you're trying to tell, or that leads the the viewer down the opposite path? And also, why are you talking about it? Why, if 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 you if you let that happen, to be Trixie. Why the fuck are you giving an interview out the second the episode drops saying, Oh no, 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 that was I was actually an improvisation. It's not supposed to mean that at all. Like to
0: give, and giving actual answers, giving actual meaning to things um when you want them to be confusing. Uh yeah. no, it's a it's a good question. I maybe there's something bigger he's doing with the daddy stuff and the mama stuff um that I haven't quite picked up on yet. Could be. But and maybe I maybe I don't have enough information because we're only three episodes in, or maybe I'm just not grasping it. But
1: yeah, and that's the be thing. It's there. like I, I'm sure because yeah, I I think you're right on there at the daddy stuff because they use daddy ambiguously twice mm-hmm. in almost the same scene. So maybe and that's the thing. It's like Holly usually is up to something. It's just the the big question in my mind is like when you find out, are you going to be like oh, wow, or are you going to be like oh god? he's about 90% for me on the oh yeah versus the oh god thing but but yeah Mm -hmm. it's it's uh it's uh it's it's pretty tricksy
0: yeah I mean the thing that killed me about this scene is they're just not usually this overt with the supernatural stuff um but I you know and it took going out and reading actual interviews and getting holly's perspective on these scenes and why he included them straight from the horse's mouth to actually even get on board a little bit with what he's doing here because well, I, I, I was not necessarily picking up on the themes
1: because
0: so I, I, I didn't understand what was about, happening
1: was the problem I want to talk about this Ula Monk uh, Monch munch, uh, this old mm-hmm. munch, which I guess is closer to like Ole munch. and apparently um, this word Ole is related to like Olaf and the root word of From this is Norse yeah. Yeah, yeah. The, the root, the root word uh-huh. of this in Norse is a snowman that likes warm <laughs> uh, and that's all he wants from this old woman. Um, so there's, so there's this this Ole Olaf is means ancestor or descendant of. Okay. Oh, that's and, even more confusing. And Munch in the Norse dialect means monk, like a religious person. So. It's entirely possible, and and there's got to be some kind of supernatural thing going on because, like, I I don't know what the fuck he's doing in Black Phillip there at the end, but it ain't natural, (laughs) right? It's by definition supernatural or unnatural. Mm -hmm. Um, But, like, I I don't know that he's – I'm not ready to stake my life on the fact that this munch is the same as the munch we saw in 1522, well, Wales. Even though Holly says it is that's the thing that i didn't that's the i guess you found the missing you found the golden ticket interview that i didn't see in my research this morning but like that's the thing that confounds me is like why would you because yeah i don't think i don't think oh god has has fargo ever been this supernatural like like all, like if, if, if you if, take everything on the face where it's like like imagine if like lorne malvo we had seen him in a, like in the middle of stonehenge covered in blood doing Uh some kind of witchcraft and then it's like well there's no debate about whether he's the devil or not then it's just like he fucking is this Mm -hmm. is like if we take this at face value I I think the most supernatural in the terms of like witchcraft and stuff like you know, if not it's aliens. right up there um, it, it's the only thing it's, it's, I think
0: of that might be more supernatural was like uh, the di- what was it she Mary Elizabeth Winstead is dying in like season three or she something she stumbles into the the,
1: the the bowling
0: alley meets the uh, wandering Jew yeah
1: exactly yeah
0: that but even that then felt that
1: could have that could have yeah. been like a like her you know injured and she's freezing mm-hmm. and there's like she's on the verge of death like there's always a little bit of cover if this is literally the same guy, then this is, yeah, this is the most supernatural thing I've ever seen Fargo. And I don't understand why you would give him this name that means descendant of or ancestor of. If he's literally that man, yeah. yeah. So that makes me wonder if Noah's being a little tricksy in the interviews, too, which we have cautioned people and been right more than often that a lot of times these mid-season showrunner reviews are this, like, they're they're professional liars and storytellers. Like, the, mm-hmm. did mm-hmm. they swear an oath before this interview? Is there a lie detector? Did someone give no. him sodium pinnothal barbital, whatever the fuck, the truth, the truth serum? No. Like, they, they're still in there. Like, when Kit Harrington got up and told everybody, like, oh, yeah, Jon Snow, fucking super dead, and all the... Like, he's lying because that's their job. So, like, I, I take most of these things with a grain of salt. With, with Holly, I'm swallowing the whole bottle. I'm just... That's sodium overdose because... You all can't right. be too careful. Garlic and salt—that's all you're eating this episode, I guess. <laughs> lots of spice, yeah. Lots of <laughs> spice. Well-seasoned well- episode.
0: Uh, yeah, and I-, I saw a lot of discussion from Spruley, the actual actor who plays Old Munch, uh, mm-hmm. about Old Munch. Uh, this episode, and he was talking about him as like a moral debt collector to kind of bring it back to the themes of, of debt um, and rich versus poor and stuff. He's a he's a moral debt collector, uh, but we see that in scenes where like last episode where he is told to to do a job and he's paid an amount, but it wasn't he wasn't given the proper information. And he views that as a breach of contract morally. Yeah. Um, and, and then now they owe him something. Right. Yeah. Um, they they. And so now he's coming to collect that debt. And that's kind of how he views his character.
1: Oh, yeah, and that, so. that, that that all tracks
0: yeah that makes sense and i'm i'm in for that stuff uh anything else you want to say about this scene before we move on mm, nope that, that pretty creepy yeah all right we go to gun world then where dot and wayne shop for a home defense solution dot picks out five thousand dollars worth of weapons but there's a mandatory waiting period of one week before she can take them home, so she decides to look at pepper spray instead. Or I guess in addition, because she can get that right now.
1: This yep. fun scene.
0: This I is, like Wayne's uh, reaction to everything that's happening in this scene. <laughs> it's like $1,300. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he's like, this is $5,000 worth of stuff.
1: I really like the eye patch guy. Like he's like, well, it's hard to put a price oh, yeah. on your life, and then Wayne shoots back with, "Well, you seem to manage." <laughs> <laughs> <You> <laughs> there's a there's a price tag on this gun, uh-huh. uh, and stuff. then I the, the th- yeah, and then it's like um, she's getting. Uh, I don't understand what they're trying to say because like um, it seems like she's going after all the John Wick guns, except for I don't think yeah. even John Wick uses a Desert Eagle because that's 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 a that's not a serious gun that's a that's a that's just a fucking around gun. A showpiece. That's, yeah it's yeah it's a it's a piece of absurdist gun art is what it mm. is yeah um nobody it looks so absurd in
0: her hands i mean juno temple's not oh, a big my woman God. and yeah just and and they put it right in center frame, like in the front in the foreground yeah. yeah and when she's holding that thing up pointing it
1: it looks so silly yeah i think she would uh she might be able to get to low earth orbit if she fires that thing you know (laughs) Uh
0: um
1: but but yeah this is a literal hand cannon um and and then 800 rounds a minute right he is like oh 800 rounds a minute yeah (laughs) that's something you
0: really need when you're defending our home is there going to be a home left to defend if you're shooting 800 rounds a minute
1: so I was, I was debating about whether they're trying to say that she, because, you know, she's mysterious. She's gotten away before. She's gotten away by a dangerous guy who maintains a compound. Mm-hmm. Are they trying to tell us that she knows her way around guns or are they trying to tell us that she has watched movies and played video games? And these are the movie video game guns because like, nah, and they also, a very a real thing is probably Holly doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about.
0: Oh you know, as far as I, the models and stuff or
1: Yeah like he's these are the ones that look b- big and impressive and um cuz I yeah I just uh, that's also the thing it's like when you know you're doing the math between you know uh what is it, Bula North Dakota and Scandia Minnesota and it's like 500 miles away it's an 8 hour drive and she makes it there one night is that because she's supernatural is that because Holly is not familiar with the ge- geography and he just thought Bula sounded like a cool name I, he's usually pretty good on the research like that, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I just I just never know what they're trying to tell me about her tigerness with these weapon choices. I would
0: 100% believe that she is intimately familiar with guns coming from where she comes from.
1: You would Coming think. from Roy. Uh, but how, but how long area. could she have been married to Roy? Like, there's no way she's been married for more than a year or two, right? Like, she gets married at 18... Maybe she gets married may- 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 gets yeah. married young. May- ah, maybe she could yeah. maybe she could been there for five years. And, yeah, and I think get that's a little plenty of time training. to get familiar
0: with some yeah, sniffing. For sure. I, I just thought
1: that she got married just long enough to get pregnant and then got the fuck out of there, but mm-hmm. maybe not. Um Yeah, I wonder if Odin was trying to recruit her. Well, speaking of Odin, I got some eye patch business to discuss. Oh yeah. You know Second eye patching eye patch uh, well, and eye patches have a little bit of a history in the Coen Brothers films. You think of uh, John Goodman's Cyclops and Old Brother, Where Art Thou? Uh, you got a name check of Odin, the famous one-eyed god of North myth- mythology, that sacrificed one of his eyes to gain mystic knowledge. Mm. Um, there's also the idea of a primitive justice code, eye for an eye. You know, you're you're, sure. you're familiar with that from the Judaic law covenant, but that's also cribbing from a much earlier code of justice, the law of Hammurabi, which... which is the pawn shop that Roy wants to meet Gator later in the episode. So there again yeah. this idea of an accounting system for justice and payments taken is a theme that they're they're reinforcing in the in this episode and the season.
0: Yeah. No, it does it does feel like he's constructing uh his version of a Fabergé egg thematically here. mm mm-hmm. Mhm see if it all comes together or if it crumbles. Yep. Uh Gator's at home. He's giving him say. he's getting ready for work in the morning. He's giving himself a pep talk. I'm a winner as he gears up to go out. He's got a lot of a lot of interesting things in this room. There's you know the typical masculine fantasy stuff like super hot women in skimpy clothing, bunch of fast cars. There's a lot of stuff in here that was interesting to me. Um particularly the wooden old timey toys on his shelf like car models um well i i wouldn't even call
1: them models they're just pieces of wood with wheels Um, oh those are um soapbox no not soapbox derby is that what they call them pine card pine derby It's, it's something they do in the boy scouts where it's like yeah, you, you, de- and, you design yeah you design a car that rolls along the fur the furthest as the a fastest contest down the
0: hill yeah. or whatever. Um, yeah, so so these are very childish type things, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they betray sort of the nature of Gators character, especially when he's here, clearly not feeling like a winner and having yeah. to talk himself into being the tough guy winner that his father wants him to be. Uh, it, there's there, there are some hand drawings that he did as a child, still up on his own wall, which I found, also, you know, is is sort of bringing him back to a childlike posture. Uh, yeah, all of this is to show he's sort of puffing himself up here. And oh, yeah, it, it, maybe effectively. I'm so torn on this gator guy. I think he's nah. a huge douche. Obviously, y- yes. I, I think he's gotten, he's gotten. Look. A 500-year-old assassin got the drop on him. I don't really blame him for that. The guy's sure. had a lot of practice. Uh, All right. g- gets the drop on him twice. Okay, you know, he still has a lot of practice. It, but he handles wit pretty well later in the episode. And he handled that thing with the photo in the previous episode pretty well. He comes across as a huge douche and a buffoon, but he's getting the job done. He handled a decent guy on crutches. Okay. I know, I know. Like, he handled a man uh, and, and, who probably
1: and couldn't take him physically, and the juxtaposition of the childish and the up uh, the the uber masculine, like those handcuffs that he's got clipped onto his <laughs> headboard. How, how uh-huh. many times do you think that thing's been used in Roy Tillman's house for its intended uh, purpose? With Gator, yeah, or with Roy, because Roy uses uh, with them every G- other d- night. D- but do you think Roy t- uses his bed sometimes as part of their? <laughs> Who knows? a uh <laughs> and like, Gator, you're gonna have to spend somewhere you're gonna have to spend a night at someone some of the some of a friend's <laughs> uh-huh. house. Okay. Mom dad. and I got things to discuss. But like I I feel like that it gets used about as often as those fucking sighs he's got crossed up. Like he's oh, yeah, it's Raphael, Raphael from the shit. teenage mutant ninja turtles. Yeah. No, uh-huh. it's I, to me, yeah, he just reads as a as a joke, and he's only good at bullying people that he perceives as less than, than him. I, I think you're right. It has yet to be shown to me though.
0: Because like I don't like I said, I don't blame him for falling prey to a five hundred year old assassin. Knowing the nature mm. of old munch now, I I don't blame anybody for getting killed by him.
1: Uh I mean, I I think that he's probably formidable on a range. He can probably, you know, put a frightening amount of rounds and an X ring from various ranges, but I do wonder how he would perform when the adrenaline starts flowing. Yeah. Absolutely. When somebody's got his balls literally,
0: got him by the balls. Yeah. yeah. Uh not well. We've seen it.
1: Oh, the guy in the trunk's trying to get out. We'll be right back.
0: we we'll put the ads in the wood chipper. Welcome back. Anyway, uh, let's talk about somebody who I do have a lot of respect for, Wit. He goes to the police station to get any evidence that they might have gotten off the corpse of one of those attackers. He finds Gator pocketing evidence and asks him what he took, but Gator won't say. And Whit goes back upstairs and gets Gator's card from the desk, his business card.
1: So to me, this, this builds on my criticism of Gator from the last episode. If you are trying to fly under the radar and thwart, a discussion, uh, thwart an investigation, why the fuck do you make sure that you're the most memorable, corrupt cop-seeming asshole? You know like yep. this this um this uh pocketing of the wallet goes down a lot smoother if he just seemed like a dutiful deputy the last episode, right? Like does Wilth even notice? Uh
0: yeah, no, I you're definitely right. And and I then the min
1: and threaten. <laughs> like I'm actually surprised what this didn't like call's bluff and be like, "All right, you're under arrest. You're in our evidence room. I just saw you pocket evidence. You're not getting out of here until we fr- fucking frisk you." like because he did see it with his own eyes but he's in the police
0: station yeah but by the time he gets up the stairs gators out the door right like there's he's not going to catch him once he gets past so They can't stop him physically
1: i assume there'd be somebody monitoring like the uh, the equipment the evidence room or something you know like there would be like a guy in a desk right outside that door checking in and uh, evidence in and out you know i don't know yeah, I don't know. There's those. To a fair me, of trust this is not on there. how you play this. It's but it is how Roy plays everything. Like the fucking FBI shows up, and, and he, he tells them to, to go fuck themselves. So uh-huh. like, there's
0: definitely precedent. You no, know, he's definitely trying to emulate Roy in these moments. Right, play the tough
1: guy. Don't don't give him an inch there's a and difference I, between a constitutional sheriff on his own fucking property uh-huh. in his own fucking county telling the law where to go to fuck himself versus you are out of your county mm-hmm. in someone else's turf you know like there's a big difference maybe
0: it's just that it's so entertaining because man the, joe Kerry nails this scene he's so good
1: <laughs> As I don't think Will you say it's wit or I thought it was wilt. Is it wit? I think it's wit. Yeah. Wit didn't for his credit doesn't seem intimidated. N- and that's why I have so much respect for him, right? Like Yeah. Well, he, why he just he, fucking stood
0: down two barrels of guns last episode and it, didn't Yeah, he he fought off a 500-year-old assassin with the help
1: of Dot. It's like yeah, you're not I'm intimidating s- him. Yeah, you got the real confident power versus the puffed up shirt and Absolutely. It's such a good like, contrast here. I, I really love this scene. I, I if Wit dies, like I and to the point I like Wit dies one of these stupid fuckers, I it's, I'm it's, I'm never getting over it. <laughs> yeah. Uh I noticed
0: something here that I didn't know last episode cuz I didn't know the guy's name. Apparently the the partner of Old Munch who died was named Donnie Ireland. Uh mm. Donnie if you'll recall, is Steve Buscemi's name in *The Big Lebowski*? Yep. And he was the Steve Buscemi character from *Fargo* in the last couple of episodes. I thought that sure. was an interesting little detail there. Yeah. Uh, anyway, wit you know, he got his uh, business card, Gator's business card. He looks up to Tillmans, and then he goes uh, to his email and finds a message from Indira with Dot's mugshot, and he can confirm, yep, that's the person and he makes the call. So this is what we said last episode, right? He just kind of stalled
1: when Gator deleted that yeah.
0: picture. But of course, it stalled there enough are for him to
1: get out of the hospital and like, man, I I would think that they would have uh, you know, that that was a right. more effective stalling tactic than I would have given him credit for. But you know, cops are busy mm-hmm. to do a to do a lot of different things. Sure. Did you did you take a look at that uh news article and see like all the a little bit. Yeah, I read somebody posted the yeah. actual text. I read so gators under investigation for stealing illegal substances out of the evidence room so he's already sense yeah like this guy's already now that the thing is is like i bet i bet this works in gators favor because wit's not going to think this guy stole state's evidence he's going to think oh he probably there was some drugs in there that he stole or something i don't know there's probably there's got to be an inventory of this stuff somewhere right um but then there's also this investigation that like they talk about, you know, just sh- the Roy's running for sheriff again. He's got a tough fight, but also um, it's not the first time deputy Tillman has found his way into a front page, most notably due to his aid in a search for missing purpose persons who were last seen near his family's property. Uh, to this dot. Dep- deputy Tillman had to be removed from the task force when it was alleged that he was steering it away from the evidentiary path leading onto his father's property. -hmm. I don't know. Well, it's like that's from ten years ago. And it's like missing persons. Like I think that Mm -hmm. people go to Roy's ranch and don't make it off sometimes. Dot and Scotty. But Persons. Nah, I'm not nah. This seems like it's more than just just a (laughs) ten year ago thing. And uh No, you could you could totally be right. Uh could be that
0: yeah, you go on the ranch sometimes, you just don't come back.
1: Yeah. And they talked about he was not just any. Qu- he was a quarterback, all state quarterback. Um, mm-hmm. This guy had a, a bright career and then he got into law enforcement and, and it's it's all gone downhill. So anyway, uh, I just thought that was interesting. It's like he's he's this this um, there, there's a reason that Tillman's are under investigation. It's not just because they're they're being constitutional sheriffs out there.
0: All right, let's go over to Indira chatting informally with Lorraine and Danish about what may or may not have happened with Dot. Lorraine insists that she can protect her own family and doesn't need them. And before Indira can leave, Lorraine delivers her philosophy on the purpose of law enforcement officers, which is their tool to keep the rabble outside of her gates. And once they leave, Lorraine tells Danish to call in their usual security detail to guard herself and Wayne. Um... Apparently, they have a
1: former CIA guy looking into Dot as well. Yeah, I'm I'm curious to see the security detail guy, Burl Huffman, out of Vegas. Mm. Like, what yeah, is? Who's uh, he gonna be? What is? I, I bet he looks like like Dog the Bounty Hunter or something. You know, yeah. that's what I'm. That's what because like he's gonna be not Fargo. Do you know what I mean? Oh, totally. Like, he, you don't get a guy out of Vegas and have him Minnesota, and that he's gonna he's he's gonna be a wild character. Yeah.
0: I hope it's a,
1: a nice
0: cameo as well. I hope they they get somebody fairly famous to do this who's just like, oh yeah, that's perfect.
1: Um, why does Lorraine? It's the same question I have with Gator, except for Lorraine's supposed to be smart. Why is she this combative? Like I like like Danish Graves, the lawyer being this kind of combative police. Okay, that's what you pay them for. Mm-hmm. Why she steps behind his legal veil and says, "Oh, by the way, you law officers." You're just paid monkeys. You're just you're, mm-hmm. your only job is to keep poor people from harassing me inside my own walls. You are less than useful. And I'm going to implicitly threaten you and your career. That seems insane. If you're wanting to back cops off.
0: Yeah. My only thing I can think is she saw in Indira that she had not learned that lesson. And she was trying to teach that lesson right now, because if you look at the other cop, He's mm-hmm. he's as cowed as they come, right? Like he is he
1: cowed, or is he just knows what he's up against? And uh, you know, I I didn't read him as cowed as more of just like this is a waste of this. We're wasting our time to try to do anything here. You know, maybe maybe that's it. But also, she's a well. I mean, there's then because that's the but thing. She... I think this is literally true. Like I do think the police are more to protect like property and commercial interests than they are you know citizens like compare and contrast results you get if you call in a, a your home being burglarized versus a factory being burglarized like one is taken a mm-hmm. hell of a lot more seriously than the other because the one is you know one's just a house getting robbed the other's like oh shit that could affect the economy you know it does seem like and i don't think police i don't know that police would recognize that or would be sure. comfortable with that statement but i think it's true that that mostly they're there to protect the the, the pro- people's property rights and not mm-hmm. people themselves I, I think the Supreme Court's ruled that right that law enforcement has no direct duty to protect any particular citizen or enforce any particular law oh I don't know maybe yeah, yeah it's like it's, it's why they can't get charged with a crime when they just like wait outside and let people get shot up instead of putting themselves in harm's way mm-hmm. which I there's that's a little bit reasonable but
0: yeah they can't get sued uh, whether It also it's gives the game away.
1: It, it gives the game away a little bit, you know? Uh,
0: yeah, so when I'm looking at the the disparity, I guess, between Indira and this other dude, the thing that really stuck out to me is that he outranks her, and yet he defers entirely to her in this conversation. Mm. And so, in my mind, he has, like you said, it could just be a disinterest because he knows, eh, we're not going to get anything here. Or it could be that he didn't want to go speak to them at all because he knows that... He works for her essentially, um, and she's already got him kind of in her pocket, if not yeah. literally. Uh, and, and yeah, so that's where I was coming from here, looking at at their the way this investigation is being conducted, endear as mm. the the fireball right the the firebrand that she has to sort of douse with water here,
1: yeah, uh, before things get out of hand. I will agree with that. I do think that her lieutenant or captain, probably I think it's captain. He had the the double bars. Um, I think he's going to be like, "Hey, unless something else happens, or unless they ask, like, we we probably need to just, yeah, it's it's weird and funny, but like, what are you going to do? You know, just leave it to them. You know, they yeah. don't want our help. Don't give it to them. Yeah, because it's also funny because like, what great the, they try to have like this this dual position that like none of this happened. And it's a big thing, but if it did, my daughter in law already killed one of them and left the other bleeding. So. Mm-hmm. It's a weird way to like confirm that the thing happened while also denying the thing happened. Sure. But she's rich. There's, but there'll be, she's never met a consequence for her, any of her actions in her life. And we've already got enough hints that this family's done some dirty shit in the background. They need, they have, they have multiple needs of uh, gunmen from Las Vegas. You know, that's Mm -hmm. just last year. I don't know if just debt collection will get you into that kind of heat. Yeah. (laughs)
0: Probably not. So, I, I don't know. Maybe, you know, got to collect some tough debts, go break some kneecaps.
1: Yeah, maybe. Maybe.
0: Uh, yeah, I, I imagine that guy's probably going to be a, an underground debt collector, right? Like a black market debt collector, mm. Burl Huffman. I don't even think he's a bounty hunter type. I think he's like almost a mobbed
1: up type, right? Because there's a Ooh. lot of. Oh, yeah. Why would debts you have in for Vegas, Vegas? You need to.
0: Hmm?
1: Yeah, why would you have him come out of Vegas without? Right. you know, I, I know there's the, the Vegas isn't as mobbed up as it used to be, if it is at all. But like that's when you think about gunmen from Vegas, you're probably thinking mobbed up. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the hard pipe hitting brother is, but it's interesting. They're they're going outside. We've, uh, you know, we're, this is out this purely outside muscle.
0: Uh huh. Yeah. Um, but they're also, you know, guns for hire. They're they're uh. They're serving the same purpose as the cops here, right? Mm. I wonder how much they realize that, or if they even care. Mm. You know, they're getting paid. They're, they're getting paid the the hot meal and two uh, pounds or whatever uh, that the moral uh, munch is getting paid, right? Oh, the Sin Eater, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's what it's all about. Sure. I mean, if you look at the, the concept of the Sin Eater, it's all about keeping the poor at bay. If you don't, if the poor don't have anything to eat, and they don't have any money to, with which to buy anything to eat, and their very survival is at stake, they will come at you, and they will mm-hmm. take what they need. But if you give them a pittance, mm-hmm. uh, give them a purpose and a pittance for that, then you can keep them under your thumb. They might even defend you from the mm-hmm. uh, from the others. Yeah, yeah, that's all tied in together. Uh, old bunch is laying in bed listening to the police radio. He's got a knife on his bed, looking very Michael Myers-y with that knife. Mm-hmm. Uh, why do you think he's listening to the radio? Is he trying to trying to figure out the movements of the
1: cops here? Yes, he exactly. Trying to he, see, he, he's hearing De Tillman setting up a a talk about him, and I think they even show him observing it from a distance. Like, don't they cut and there's like a oh, scene really? of him like standing on uh, like 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 at a remove. So, yeah, he's tracking the Tillman's. Uh, he's also he's sleeping on a bed made of newspapers about the Tillman's coverage. I noticed there's one uh, um, uh, advertising the big debate that uh, the political debate that Roy's going to be doing. We saw that in a trailer. It's probably happening. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Next episode or the episode. Everybody's after, wearing but, his hat. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody's trying to out hat the other. <laughs> All right, but this yeah. is this is where he drops the whole like you know I was I was going to let let uh, Dot alone till after the election but then I had a dream.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh no, we yeah, haven't. Roy, I'm sorry. I, I, I'm sorry. It's this, it's this next scene. I'm ready to go. Today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I
1: I jumped the gun.
0: No, Roy tells Gator that they're going to get Dot tonight on Halloween and puts him on the job with only guys we can trust. Yeah, uh, and his whole thing here is he had a dream about it, and it's Halloween, so it's the perfect time. I think
1: he's right the thing Makes is it's, like sense. the spiritual stuff is bullshit but yeah the fact that mm-hmm. like you can walk around in like scary outfits with even guns and weapons and people mm-hmm. probably think it's just like maybe you're taking a little far on Halloween but it's Halloween and you go break in into someone's house steal you know handcuff them and put a funny mask on them and just parade them out the front door and no one would be any th- it's kind of slick yeah I think so it's a slick cover for a kidnapping if only Gator knew two trustworthy people in his entire life (laughs) well if only he himself were competent true Uh, true and this is
0: you know where the Hammurabi pawn shop is Uh, they're kind of meeting outside that we find out also what Dot's real name probably is Nadine Uh, that's what Roy calls her yep so that was interesting Um, even the cops don't know that right when she went and got her mugshot taken that says Dorothy Lyon so
1: not only that the, um, uh, the 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 lawyer that looked into her background didn't find any like any other aliases so it's like right. now obviously they got a guy from the CIA he's probably going to be able to delve a little deeper but mm-hmm. she's got a pretty airtight you know backstory if uh, a, a high po- a high, a high powered you know family consigliere type lawyer wasn't able to find any dirt on her fingernails and researching whether she should be allowed to marry their son.
0: Yeah, absolutely. All right, everyone prepares for Halloween in their own way. We kind of get a montage here where Roy lights a candle in a church. Dot's family gets into costume to go trick-or-treating. Dot activates the home security system. Gator gathers up his guys and heads to Dot's house. And Old Munch, Munch is on the Bible and then also heads to Dot's house here's where things get super messy for me uh, I, while this whole thing is happening while the, the prodigies smack my bitch up is playing
1: I think what's happening is old munch is walking out of his quote unquote mama's house into Bismarck North Dakota mm-hmm. and the trick or treaters you've seen him walk around are in his mother's neighborhood
0: it's so confusing because earlier we saw the vision of dot through Roy's yeah. eyes and the same like children playing outside stuff was happening there so it, and it's
1: if real if that's messy. the case then we've got another supernatural distance traveling because right. and, and, and I saw it. a lot of people are confused about this where he goes at the end of this episode buck naked covered in shit piss and blood mm-hmm. is unquestionably Roy Tillman's house 100% yeah. it's edited very misleading but it like, pushes there,
0: in on the door to Dot's house and then yeah. it- transitions
1: without really telling you it is yeah Yeah. and i think that um and it's it's deliberately misleading and i think that you know he obviously walks out of his mom's house and then i i agree i think that neighbor i don't actually don't think that's his mom's neighborhood i think that's that's dots but if so they're either saying that he's astrally projecting himself there or he's able to teleport there and then because that's that's what happens he goes from um You know, uh, Bismarck, North Dakota, which again is less than an hour from from the borders of Stark County, for the center of Stark County, let alone its borders. Um, And then uh, you then see him at Dot's, then then you see him at the Dot's house, and then you see him at the the Tillman's compound in Stark County. So,
0: yeah, I think that transition from Dot's door to
1: Roy's door
0: is supposed to be telling you he's in the same, he's in two different places at once, but well but like i think they're showing the gators guys
1: going into the front door and then but it's again it's very it i, I yeah. think that's what's happening but it's it's very it's very misleadingly put together and, and, and intentionally so
0: yeah i guess it's intentional uh that's
1: that's uh unfortunate why else would you do it why would you but but like like did noah not know that like oh god this is i'm watching this it's confusing oh my god what am i you know like it seems like you could well sometimes
0: yeah absolutely you can get into that space right where you as a creator know exactly what's happening right and you're you're not able to detect that this is confusing because you know
1: what do you think about roy collin Dot and singing Nadine Chuck Berry's Nadine to her that's that's a again I guess that's a gator thing because like that seems like a ludicrous thing to do the night that you're going to snatch her
0: or it could be some cold smack right like it could be that this is their song or something like that and he's calling her up, letting her know that I'm getting you tonight which I don't know why why. you would would do that that's what I'm
1: saying yeah but you've already tried yeah. to do this once and was repulsed, you know, and you're sending how many times a less in movies competent... Have you, have you seen the bad guy say, I'm
0: going to get you tonight right now? Here's exactly how I'm going to do it. And there's nothing you can do, right? It's a power
1: trip. Yeah, but I, I guess those villains are usually psychotic or way more powerful than Roy. And, and it's not yeah. the second attempt yeah. that they've made on the tiger. You know, I don't know. It, it's mm-hmm. seemed. Sure, it, yeah. But you're right. I, the villains don't need to, to do things logically.
0: Sure. Uh, old Munch eating the pages of the Bible uh, while he's chanting specific things. I assume what he's chanting is what he's eating also, I, I, but I could be wrong. I looked
1: it up. Um, so someone did a translation of this mm-hmm. on the, the Farget V subreddit, and it uh, translates thus. It's so He says, With all the cavalry... Cavalry, of those who were in solidarity with him, he repeats this twice, and then he says he marched into the wilderness of Israel, and the whole was conquered. I think this is um, a paraphrasing of a verse from the Book of Joshua, which is about the Israeli general that essentially conquered the Promised Land um, after the in, in the Bible mythology after the Israelites got done with their period of servitude in in the, in, in Egypt. Um, hmm but uh i i think that's what it is um it's interesting he's eating pages out of the bible and this bible looks like maybe it's something he's done this a lot yeah um hmm. but then he gets covered in like what i would call spectral runes yep and so so this is a goat from roy's property I, mm-hmm. i'm i'm certain of that and like so Roy's got he's like um oh jesus what's that uh uh, the guy that was in Lethal Weapon. Mel Gibson. He's like Mel Gibson. He's got one of those uh, chapels on his property just for him. Yeah. But he's also got like some kind of like weird root cellar, and that's where uh, it looks like the Munch is doing his his munching. Yeah. But this all I, I don't takes know what place. Underground part is it's weird. Yeah, this all takes place on Halloween night, on Roy's property. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that much I know. Uh, how it connects with some other stuff that happened i'm not sure um i noticed when roy blows out the candle it sounds like god farts like there's this like <laughs> it yeah there's this like yeah i mean it it's like this this atonal quarter note kind of shining thing but it it definitely sounds like uh like the like if 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 uh if light, if, if thunder is angel's bowling this sound like god just ripped a ripped a wet one yeah nice i mean What's thematically kind of on point.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Sure. Uh, Yeah, so we talked about Roy calling Dot. um, It disturbs her and she seals up the booby-trapped house and then she heads out to trick-or-treat with her family because she's still trying to live that family life even though she knows she's in danger here. Uh, Old Munch spreading goat's blood on himself. Gators team is out there on the streets of Dots neighborhood confused by the street signs and their GPS not matching up. Mm-hmm. Just just go to the, to the destination point on your GPS, man. Trust
1: the almighty Google. It'll get you there. I would say that Gator's probably a guy to not trust centralized systems of information, though, you know? Sure. And yet he uses them. If you can't trust something, why use it? <laughs> I mean... A lot of people out there not trusting doctors and scientists, and they're still driving over bridges <laughs> certified by them and taking the medicine their doctor gives them, as long as they're not a certain type, you know. Right, right, right. That that they've yeah, a lot of people getting in elevators that have been inspected by. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. There's a lot. A lot of people trusting explicitly in things that they would repudiate publicly nowadays because it's a nonsense, weird Kafka world that we're living in.
0: And some time passes here because they get done trick-or-treating and Dot spots Gator's van outside her house. He pulls up and eyes her as she goes inside. And then, like we said, that transitions right to Old Munch sneaking into Roy's house covered in goat's blood and mud. And these are all Nightmare Before Christmas masks that Gator's team is wearing. Yeah. I don't really know what they're trying to say with that necessarily,
1: other than it's Halloween. I saw it, see, this is where it's like is this too much? Because I saw an interview with Holly where he explains that you're supposed to understand that Gator has a lot in common with Jack Skellington. But then I didn't, like, and I guess he got special dispensation from uh, Tim Burton to do all this stuff, and... Yeah, so like I so I don't I don't know what to make of it. But the what he outlines is like, you know, Jack Skellington is a guy who by circumstance was born into a system where he does kind of like evil, scary, naughty, nasty things. But he doesn't want to like his inner spirit is his inner spirit wants him uh, to be more like you know Christmassy and 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 giving and he wants to like true? branch into that thing what do you mean is uh, it true we just watched this movie last at, month man at, w- we did a at one point on it.
0: in his life he got bored with the thing he was doing and went out to look for other things to do and ended up turning them horrifyingly scary i don't know that that is a man who doesn't want to celebrate christmas or halloween rather
1: well, that's what Noah Holly said in the interview. So like okay. I'm I, I, I had a I, different reading of Jack Skellington. So if 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 he's not just bullshitting, then that to me primes us for Gator try having a change of heart and trying to do the right thing and it make going horribly wrong. Wow, I can't see this guy doing that having that about face but maybe Ah, they're they're trying to make him baby face enough that like you know if uh yeah you grow up look man you grow up in roy tillman's house you're gonna wind up like roy tillman or dead okay (laughs) like there is no option there's no world in which like gator just gets to be like some kind of uh teenager to get to explore his sexuality his ideas of masculinity uh his his ideas on how government should work no like roy is making a rigid roy tillman factory and mm-hmm. any defects will be discarded so it's like you i don't wait until your second wife to explore your sexuality i have enormous amount of empathy for a guy like gator but like yeah when you get to your mid-20s late 20s certainly early 30s like if i can still be empathetic but like you're probably not going to change if you've gotten that far but like Gator's right on that cusp yeah. where it's like this is now where he's getting into the friction of the real world and, and getting into his dad's kind of dark world. And and I, I could see him being like, this is bullshit. I, I, I've seen good cops and how they work. Like this these guys are real heroes. Stood up against gunmen and protected the, all the things. I, I could see it. Maybe. But I don't know why. Maybe. I don't know why Noah Holly's giving interviews talking about it <laughs> like before the yeah. symbolism has even been put into place. so
0: Yeah. No, that's interesting. Hadn't considered it from that
1: perspective, but What's that's the, end of the episode. He's going to he's going to see uh, Indina uh, trying to do justice, and he's going to be like, "What's this? What's this? Uh-huh. People trying mm-hmm. to solve actual crimes, you know?" And it's it's going to make <laughs> right. his cop heart swell three sizes too big and have mm-hmm. a massive heart attack and die. Uh, are we done? Are we done? Fargoing? Should we get the feedback? Yeah, let's do it.
0: We'll be back with Fargo. You're darn tootin
1: The fountain of conversation continues. Here's more Fargo. Oh boy, Fargo at baldmove.com is how you get in touch with us. Uh, before we get to feedback, just want to let you guys know if you want to know what else we're doing. Currently, we're doing for all mankind. Currently, we're about to it's, it's about to get super Christmasy around here. We're about to do our annual holiday celebrations. We got a Bah Humbug theme this year. We're going to be uh, we got some bones to pick with some beloved holiday classics, including Love Actually, Scrooged, uh, You've Got Mail. Uh, A couple others. We got Christmas live streams. We got our drunken Christmas lunches. Uh, If you would like to find out all that we're doing, it's easy. Follow us on any of our social medias. We're at Bald Move everywhere except for TikTok. We're at Baldest Move. And finally, if you want to get in on some of those Christmas celebrations and other bonus audio content, skip all the ads on our feed. Uh, We could use your support. Support Support.baldmove.com is how you uh, find out information and how to, to, to sign up for all that stuff. So. First up, Fargo at baldmove.com is Neil. Uh, we asked last week why they rolled out two episodes and not just one. He says, My speculation is they didn't want to risk alienating anyone who is watching a show for John Hamm, since he's only in a very few seconds of the first episodes. Um, that's plausible from an mm-hmm. FX angle. Like, hey, the biggest star that we've teased, I guess you could argue Juno Temple. Is Juno Temple a bigger star than John Hamm? Maybe at this point. I mean Ted Lasso was huge. Ted Lasso was huge. Uh the I thought I don't know how much the offer got play, but she was really good in that. Um and John Hamm has had trouble starting ever since Mad Men. Like baby driver, I guess the town, but he was like barely in that. Yeah, I mean Unbreakable Kimmy The most
0: recent thing was uh Good Omen season two, which I didn't particularly
1: like, but No. Yeah. I don't know that's in that, but that's plausible that FX is like, you know, we're, you know, this is an anthology. Everyone can kind of I don't think they do a good job of telling the public that either that like you don't have to watch any particular season of Fargo to get into Fargo. But I don't know how you do Mm -hmm. that. I don't know. I don't know how you would do that in advertising without actually having an announcer guy like, hey, hey, you don't have to watch any other episodes. So so maybe maybe you're right there, Neil uh Ryan and Ro- I will say this about Ho- like how I don't think Holly is interested in writing episodic television that fits in particular time slots and and has so many commercial breaks I think he would rather be making this stuff for like Max or mm-hmm. you know uh Netflix where he doesn't have to worry about commercial breaks at all and like if you see late season legion and even fargo like it seems like yeah they're the episodes are however long they need to be and and fx puts as many commercials as they need and Mm -hmm. sometimes it can hurt the flow uh ryan from rochester says just thought i'd weigh in on the cop's husband who uh, allegedly finished second at hilton head i believe the likeliest scenario is he's playing in the golf simulator tournaments like the one he's using his garage you need your PGA Tour card to enter tournaments like Hilton Head, and those players don't pay an entry fee. It's part of earning their tour card. I can't think of too many pro uh, golfers who aren't living in Florida or another southern U.S. state so they can train all year round. Lastly, that swing, just pathetic. Regardless of the yeah. distance of the shot he was hitting into the screen, there isn't a pro alive who swings a club like that. The guy <laughs> pissing yeah. money away. That's a, good, that's a good idea. That makes sense. Yeah, but here's the thing, and that's like, I got like, because like, apparently there's a lot of golfers listening to this, and, and everybody's saying the same thing. Here's the thing, I never am sure if I'm supposed to see someone's proficiency with a with anything as like their real life skills, because, you know... Mm-hmm uh you, you you grow up watching action heroes with atrocious gun handling skills you're not supposed to think that like arnold schwarzenegger doesn't know how to shoot a gun you're supposed to you're supposed to think that he's like highly trained right mm-hmm. you see a person playing guitar and he's like the leader of a band and he's obviously got his finger placements he's not strumming on the beat you're not supposed to be like oh that guy's a fraud musician right mm-hmm. now the the, the the one thing here is you've got the guy's wife you got Indina. It's, kind of skeptical of this whole thing and feeling like she's losing hope and 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 he's kind of delusional so maybe but like it's it's hard for me to say in certainty that the holly's like oh yeah but fuck that swing up i I want people to know that this guy is a is a loser imposter but it's starting to feel like that's what it is yeah that's how i read it yeah i actually tried to do some research because like hilton head does have like some ways to like play in and like there's ways that you can get on a tournament without like I I think if I was reading the requirements of like you know who they take that there are some ways to put but again um, maybe maybe everyone's right and his his uh, his shitty swing is the dead giveaway there jordan says uh i live near calgary alberta where they filmed seasons one through three and five of fargo every season, i've watched for the cast and call for background extras desperately wanting to be on the show in any way possible um fargo has quickly become my all-time favorite non-vince gilligan related tv show (laughs) so the chance to be on fargo is the most exciting prospect However, as each of the first three seasons uh, filmed here, I, in one way or another, was unable to make the casting call for extras, and each time the frustration and devastation of missing such a great opportunity became worse. But for season five, my dream came true. I was able to be on set for ten days and was an even better experience than I could have dreamed. It was around a few of the lead actors for multiples of the days, and I got to see a lot of how the whole process works, which I found fascinating. We should give you some more exciting details about what I know. But of course, I don't want to spoil anything for anyone. I also want to get sued for breaking the NDA. <laughs> Probably smart. Uh, perhaps I can write in for the season wrap up episode if I think of anything interesting or relevant to add. Um, from what I saw in my time on set, I have hopes that this season will be as good as the first three and better than four. I think one of you mentioned in the season preview that John Hamm looked like he might be wearing a fat suit or something like that. I cannot confirm this, but I will say the first thing I thought of when I saw him is he looks a lot heftier in real life. Um, You know, that's the thing. It's like, obviously, John Hamp has not gained a ton of like, he's definitely heavier than he was in Mad Men. But like that mm-hmm. teaser where he walks in with the giant belt buckle, like it does look like it looks like he's 50 pounds heavier than when he's in the hot tub or when he's in the that coat mm-hmm. adds a lot of bulk to the ham. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh,
0: And here you also see him laying in bed with his shirt off where he looks pretty thick I wouldn't say he looks necessarily fat he mm-hmm. just looks thick
1: yeah 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 but, which you know I, I, like I said I uh I think it suits him pretty well I like, I do yeah. Something about that teaser still made me think like Jesus, yeah, I hate to see John Hamm a hundred pounds heavier just because it's 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 uh, you know, not not super Unhealthy. healthy. Yeah. But uh but yeah, whatever.
0: Um You don't have I, to worry is... about getting sued. You're part of the upper crust now. You know, you've broken
1: through the, the class ceiling here you can that's right the law
0: enforcement works for you they're not coming for you man tell us no, everything no no, no
1: no, you are no longer the Riffroff Riff raff. <laughs> you got inside <laughs> you're inside the gates yeah you're inside yeah you are yeah you're no longer the barbarian you're you're a roman citizen um i gotta <laughs> say this does seem cool we should we should try to be on an extra an extra on our show sometime oh yeah if vince gilligan ever does another show we need to yeah. get on his... i'm not that picky i would literally do
0: anything that we cover <laughs> any show okay yeah yeah i mean we cover I know some this... good shows so i could see it yeah
1: and cincinnati's starting to become a kind of filmmaking hub we're getting there's there's been some big name productions in the last few years so i mean we're maybe... not far from atlanta you could drive down to Atlanta. true all kinds of shit happens in georgia you just mm-hmm. have to pay I, I think it helps to be local like uh um like jordan here because you you can you know you'll, you'll see those casting calls but mm. that'd be that'd be cool i would love to do that um but yeah if you got any things that you like anything I, I don't want you to get in trouble obviously but uh if you got any uh behind the scenes uh juicy details yeah sure send them in Fargo fargoatbaldnew.com <laughs> uh and, and good for you jordan Zach's up last. He says, let me begin by saying I like all the actors in the show from previous work, the Winston, Kelly, and the Don, uh, all great, and I like seeing them in the show. However, the accent work is over the top, especially for Juno. I'm not from the Midwest, but I've heard the accent. I feel like it's being used to mock the characters. Um, I I think you're supposed to understand that Dot, this is a put on. She is putting on the accent thick because it's not her accent.
0: Well, John Ham's putting on a little bit of the accent. I've noticed that. I think he's doing a, a really little. good job. He's very subtle with it, whereas yeah, Juno is going
1: over the top with it. I think once you get into the Dakotas, you're starting to get into the, like the non-regional accented Midwestern kind of broadcaster dialect. But yeah,
0: it's getting closer to it.
1: Um, I don't also know. This... I've enjoyed it.
0: I did. even if it is over the top. I enjoy hearing it yeah
1: and I, I part of the charm of fargo is people trying to take a run at the fargo accent and if there's just <laughs> sure. in universe reason for why they're kind of bad at it or over the top then all the better he also says i'm all um uh in the same vein there's no way to share doesn't know about korean cars it's just let's make fun of hicks type <laughs> bullshit yeah, also yeah. If the rich mom worked a loser accent her kid would not have an accent that woman would have beaten it out of him that's pretty compelling. Where the hell does hmm. Wayne get the outrageous? His mom's like, oh, Wayne, oh, what yeah. is the accent you're saying about and, and he's like, You bet you, I yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Do you think he's Well she
0: clearly he's... can't control him, right? I mean, she did not want him hooking up with Dot. Mm. She he, he he I I'm gonna give Wayne a little more credit than I think. Most of the show is giving him, I think he is his own person in in large regard,
1: yeah, yeah, no i i, I there's definitely evidence for that he's not there's more of a to stand spine up to him than mom. it seems, sure, I think, sure, sure.
0: he just loves Don, uh, he's deferring to her so much because he loves her and he doesn't want to cause her pain and stuff, so
1: yeah, is it also possible that he had kind of a more neutral or posh accent than when he decided to become a car salesman that he started. Reaffecting the old code switching essentially sell. yeah because mm-hmm. like yeah do you want if you go you go to your kia dealer and you're in uh you know scandia minnesota and he's what brings you into our dealership today you know <laughs> i i Not don't know that might cars. yeah that, that might be a problem and his wife is like minnesota's fuck so like what well, he's trying to meet her in the middle i don't know maybe Bottom line, Zach's having problems here. I don't blame you. He says, This show so Mm -hmm. far is what I'd expect the AI to write if it was fed to Coen Brothers scripts. Is what the show has been in the past. (laughs) Just repackaged Coen Brothers movie. Uh, The show even recycles lines. Yeah. I I mean, yeah. Without a doubt, this is Fargo has traditionally been a Coen Brothers jukebox. Mm -hmm. But that is, I don't think, doing the show justice oh of course yeah it's deeper than that they it's it's definitely deeper than that and historically and like i said you know we obviously jim and i part of the you know we kind of groan in the jukebox rolls the supernatural stuff but it's never been a problem to engage with the entire season before so i'm i'm still going to roll into the holidays expecting the stuff to and again thematically it fits hand in glove i'm i'm really impressed with it but the problem with the thematics is, like, they don't mean to damn if you don't give a shit about the characters. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. like, if Dot turns out to be some kind of supernatural, telepathic uh, teleporter, it's it's instantly, she's, I mean, it's it's a hell of a lot less stressful when she gets put in a dangerous situations because she can always just bleep, bloop her way out of it, you know?
0: That said, right now, I'm feeling it. I, I, I really like Dot. I really like Wayne and Scotty. I really like Wit. I like Indira. Um, all that's these characters true. that are supposed to be the good guys I'm liking them I'm, I'm I like on the their Scandia side right cops.
1: I like Wayne and Dot and their family you're right mm-hmm. and that's as long as but like I'm telling you if Dot turns out to be some kind of <laughs> muncher it's going to the, the, that that's it's going to take a hit because like you know like yeah. if Dot was like I dream of Jeannie and she can just kind of like or Samantha just kind of wrink, wrink, wrinkle her nose and like make people disappear like I'm not stressed out about a home invasion totally you know uh or or anything else that she'd get herself into like i there needs to be some kind of grounding in a flesh and blood woman going through these things and being fearful for her life and her family and the things that she's built uh Mm -hmm. that's what i worry about just like being able to make that character connection so
0: what if she's up against a more
1: potentially more powerful supernatural force in the form of old munch i mean she's already beat his ass once and he had a machine gun true that's what i'm saying like she had nothing. She had a couple bags of ice. Yeah, and don't forget the glow sticks uh. and a <laughs> shovel. Uh, we'll see where this goes. Next week, uh, we're going to get the Home Alone episode of a lifetime. It seems maybe. Like. I hope. <laughs> I oh, hope. Man, man. what do they just yada yada through it? And it's just like he just, he just comes down and like uh, Dot's house is wrecked, but you don't find out what happened for like an episode. No, I'm not. Yeah, it's. I'm, like, I'm gonna let. I'm gonna let. I'm gonna let Noah cook. Well, all crap. that
0: momentum we got so much momentum going into that scene and it's all gonna be bled out by the week in between
1: episodes i don't know man this is always the, the problem with cliffhangers fair, for me the be fair every episode has led directly into the next so like mm-hmm. I, I i i'm i'm expecting we're gonna get it so join us next week to see uh until then uh send in your feet your feedback to fargo social media at bald move everywhere except for tiktok baldest move and support us at support at bald support.baldmove.com We'll see you next week. Until then, I'm your host, Aaron. And I'm Jim. See ya.